In today's show, we're going to be talking about the LA Clippers from a fantasy basketball perspective. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter, as always, at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at LockedOnFantasyBasketball. We spoke with Will Updike earlier today from the Locked On Clippers podcast about the Clippers perspective, uh, local perspective on the Clippers. So let's talk about them from a fantasy point of view, a very, very interesting team. And let's get stuck straight into looking at that now. And as always, we start by looking at the schedule. 57 quality games for the Clippers. That's pretty bloody good. That's a lot of quality games. So a lot of these back-end guys, your Marcus Morris's, Reggie Jackson's, Ivis Zubat, Serge Ibaka, Nick Batum, you have a lot of value in being able to plug them in on those low-volume days. They have 14 back-to-back, so that's that's above average. One less than the fewest or than the most in the NBA, sorry. Um, but you know, Paul George is just not going to regularly sit back-to-backs, and Serge might have some issues with his uh, with his back issue. Kawhi is not playing this season. We'll talk about him uh, a little bit later on. But um, yeah, the 14 back-to-backs is a high number. The problem in a default Yahoo playoff league is they've got a terrible schedule, the worst schedule you could possibly have. Just nine games, a three, two, and four, so two games in semi-final week if you play that default Yahoo schedule. If you do play the schedule that I recommend, which is ending on March the 20th, there's 10 games. So it's a little bit better of a situation there. Three, four, and three for their schedule, which is not it's not great, but it's not uh, it's not too bad. It's uh, yeah, 11 is the most there, so 10 is right in the middle. But that nine games in the default Yahoo is, uh, is pretty rough to try and deal with. So let's have a look at what some pressure points might be for this Clippers team. What can impact the projections? The number one question there is who replaces Kawhi in the starting lineup? I'm a fun guy. (laughs) When we spoke with Will earlier today, he thinks it will be Nick Batum. It could be Terrence Mann. It could be Eric Bledsoe in that position. And the guy that moves into that spot, it does have an impact on whether you take a flyer on Bledsoe in the last round, whether you take Batum in the last round, whether you take Terrence Mann in the last round. It doesn't impact a lot of other guys, you know, what the Reggie Jacksons or Paul Georges or those guys do, but that Kawhi replacement is super important. Yeah, George is going to get the usage bump. Reggie Jackson's going to get a usage bump. Marcus Morris is going to get a usage bump. We're all well aware of that, and I think we're pretty, pretty safe in expecting that. But just that actual starting spot and the increase in minutes is what's up in the air. Paul George's efficiency is going to be something to watch. Paul George is, you'll come up in the sleeper part later on today. He is ridiculously undervalued at the moment. And I remember getting into arguments with people last season. I'm never drafting Paul George again because, you know, when it comes to the playoffs and when it comes to the fantasy playoffs, he always lets you down, which, of course, is 100% bullshit. But that narrative has carried over. George was the 18th ranked player last season on a per game basis. We expect that to improve. This year, but there is a risk that with with Kawhi gone, that you know, that more usage leads to a drop in efficiency. He was at 60 true shooting last year, 47 from the field. So perhaps that comes down. But I expect his free throw volume to go up. I expect his assist numbers and his scoring to go up, and maybe he actually plays more minutes. And then the center rotation that can impact stuff. 
I expect, like Will, that Zubats will start and Abaka comes off the bench, but maybe they start Abaka. Maybe they play a lot more small ball with Nick Batum and Marcus Morris at center, and then that Zubats' alleged potential breakout might be curtailed by the rotations that Ty Lue runs. So how that center rotation looks is a, a pretty large pressure point in terms of impacting whether we do take that flyer on Zubats or whether we do stream Abaka or what we how we view Morris or Batum in their roles if they're getting some of those extra minutes at that center position. They are all things that we do need to uh, take into consideration. I could have had Ivica Zubats as a breakout candidate. I'm not going to have him there. I'm going to put Terrence Mann as the guy that I think is the biggest breakout candidate on this team. There is still a chance that he starts. Now, the man's not particularly young. He's 25 already. He had some really nice games in the playoffs, but I don't think that that should be our expectation for him moving forward. He's still a guy that does struggle with um, generating defensive stats. He's a really good rebounder. And his shooting numbers can be somewhat of a concern, especially um, the three-point stuff, which was good last year. But if the role increases, is he able to maintain that high level? I do think there is some value in it. Or he could just absolutely explode. Third year in, take that role. You minimize what Luke Kennard does. Minimize Batum in that starting lineup. You really make Eric Bledsoe an afterthought. That's all possible for man. And that's why probably more of a 14-team league guy. But if you wanted to take a flyer in a 12-teamer, by all means. But it's far from a guarantee that he's going to come out and put up these huge numbers in that role. But he's probably the the one guy on this team who I think has got a decent enough chance at doing that. Guys, football is back. College football has started. uh, Pro football starts next week. And the best place to place your bets is, of course, at BetOnline. BetOnline has everything for you that you need for betting on football, including all the updated odds, props, and contests, which includes online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL survivor contest. Open now at BetOnline. And be sure to also take advantage of their opening day super promo. Make a bet on the opener on Thursday, September the 9th between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your bet will be refunded up to $25 for new customers who sign up using the promo code NFL100. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports from football, basketball, boxing, or even your favorite Vegas casino games. BetOnline has everything covered, and you can check out all those great offers for the 2021 season. BetOnline are your online sportsbook experts. This might sound familiar to you. You have got a situation where you watch live sports on your TV. You've got another app where you watch your favorite shows. You watch sports highlights on your phone. And then you've got another login from another friend to get everything that you need to see. So it's a pain. But I want to tell you about a simple way that you can get all of that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required and content varies by package. All right, let's look at some more stuff with this Clippers team. Let's look at fantasy sleepers. Paul George is being mad disrespected. Throwing out the kids' terms. On Yahoo, he is currently ranked at number 20. On ESPN, he is at 26. And at Fantrax, he's at 20. Again, a reminder, Paul George was the 18th ranked player last year. And that's with a last three, four weeks of the season where he was 60th and the shot just fell off completely. 
he will get more usage and more passing and be solid. And even if there is an efficiency hit, there is no, absolutely no reason ESPN that he is at 26 and outside the second round. And Yahoo, there's no way that he should be falling into that 20 zone. It's absolutely no chance. In points leagues, there's a bit of an argument where he was 28th last year, averaging 40 fantasy points. But I think he can be a 44, 45 fantasy point guy. And to me, he is a guy that should be in consideration for the first round. In that anywhere in that 11 to 14 zone, if Paul George falls outside the top 15, I reckon your draft's doing it wrong. I don't know what they're thinking, um, and that that is what the you don't get sleepers very often in the first or second round, and here's one that's been served up to you. It's dished up on a plate. The turn of the second round, if you pick 11 in the first round, your Paul George is your target at 14. If you pick 12 in 12 and 13, Paul George is your target. Do not let him fall. I think Reggie Jackson's also a bit of a sleeper. He's ranked 170th on Yahoo and 161st on ESPN. He's going to be the starting point guard. He's going to play more minutes. Last year, he played just 23 minutes a night, and he was the 200th ranked player. So they've got him at 170. I don't know what they're dreaming of there. Now, Reggie Jackson's not a huge top 50 sort of guy. We've seen him play big minutes on a Detroit Pistons team in the past, and I wouldn't say that he's better than that. He's a guy that has low steal numbers, very low steal numbers. He can sometimes suffer with poor field goal percentage. He doesn't get to the line a ton. He's not a high assist player, and he's a very, very bad rebounder. But he's going to score, I think, at a pretty high level. Yeah, he, he could easily average eight, you know, 15, 16 points. He might not, but he could. He might get you five assists. There is definite value in him as a late-round point guard. Now, he wasn't in our point guard tier video because we don't have him projected massively high. But he's still a guy that you look at in round 12 or round 13 when you need a point guard. And those rankings on ESPN and Yahoo are foolish. Same for Nick Batum, who's at 259 on Yahoo and 220 on ESPN. I'm not really sure what they're thinking. Batum was the 135th ranked player last year with Kawhi Leonard. So he should be around that exact same area, if not higher, this season. Like, love him as a late guard. I wouldn't say there's huge upside in Batum. But I don't actually care if he's ranked 220th or 259th. I get him in round 12, round 11. I'm okay with that value if I've taken some flyers in some other areas. That's a ludicrous ranking. Terrence Mann also, 312 on Yahoo, 283 on ESPN, and 221 on Fantrax. It might not work out for Terrence Mann, but there's a massive opportunity. He was 285th last season. So Yahoo's gone, all right, Kawhi's out. What's going to happen with Terrence Mann? I know, he'll get worse. Sure. No problem. He won't get worse. He should crack the top 200. He has a real chance to crack the top 150. And he's a fantastic guy to take a flyer on in the last round of a draft. And I also think Ivica Zubats, who ESPN has at 185, is probably a little bit low. Now, he's at 126 on Yahoo, which is probably about the right spot. 185 seems foolish. He was 134th last season. He's not as good in points leagues. He was 170th, though, last season in points leagues. So I don't really understand that ranking of Zubats at number 185. If anyone could explain that to me, I'd be greatly uh, appreciative. Or appreciative, that's how I pronounce that word. That's how English works. Let's go on to some busts. And unfortunately, Kawhi Leonard is a bust because he's just not going to play. I don't think Kawhi is going to play more than 10 games this season and he's going to be on a minutes limit when he returns. So ESPN, which I shit on ESPN Fantasy a lot. You all know that. They've got him ranked 110th. So they're saying, well, if you want to take a flyer and stash him in IR, which I could not recommend against highly, do not do it. But they're saying you do it in your last couple of rounds. Round 11, round 12, fine, do it. Yahoo's got him at 21. Fantrax has him at 31. So be really careful in a Yahoo draft or a Fantrax draft. If your timer runs out and you don't have a queue, you're going to end up with Kawhi Leonard. I have no idea under what circumstance Yahoo has him at 21. 
by the time you might be listening to this in three days time in a week and Yahoo might have changed this because they did it the other day with Porzingis after I, I called that out for a bad ranking. Maybe they could do the same here with Kawhi. But do not draft Kawhi in any league. Dynasty League is obviously a little bit different. I wouldn't draft him in the top 20 of a Dynasty League personally, age and ACL recovery. But 21 in a redraft league is obvious insanity and it makes no sense and it just means that someone's just missed that when doing the rankings. Do not draft him. I cannot I cannot state this enough. Do not. When you talk about do not draft lists, people will have these expansive lists. Your do not draft list this year is Kawhi Leonard, Jamal Murray, Clay Thompson. They are not players to be drafted because they're going to miss two months in Clay Thompson's case, four months in Jamal Murray's case, five months in Kawhi Leonard's case. You don't draft those players. Kawhi Leonard is a do not draft player and he is a huge bust. And Eric Bledsoe on fan tracks sits at number 63. I don't know why. He's 154 on ESPN. That's fine. 119 on Yahoo. Probably a little bit high. But there is potential for him to... He could be a top 100 player. But you're not taking him at 63. That's crazy. Why would we do that? I don't know if he's going to start. He was shit ass last year. Maybe he starts. Maybe he gets there. Maybe absolute best case scenario is Eric Bledsoe as the 63rd ranked player. But if you're drafting someone at best case scenario, then I can assure you, you are playing this fantasy basketball game absolutely incorrectly. Let's look at some deep league flyers. Talked about Terrence Mann already. I like him as a last pick in standard leagues. I like him as a deep league guy. Reggie Jackson's more of a last pick in standard leagues than a deep league fly, but still, got to be mentioned in this segment. Serge Ibaka's probably more of a 14-team league guy, but the guy I'm really interested in is Luke Kennard because the bench unit might be you know, tasked with having Justice Winslow and Terrence Mann and Eric Bledsoe, all dudes that can't shoot. Kennard was out of the rotation for big chunks of last season, as we spoke about with Will earlier today, but in the playoffs, he had a Pretty good run. He's going to have to absorb some of Kawhi's minutes, and he's going to have to be an offensive threat and a three-point shooting threat, whether that's mixed in with the starters or that is coming in that bench unit. I didn't mean to say coming in that bench unit, but Quagmire likes it. Giggity! What I call him Quagmire. Quagmire. Um, yeah, the Canard's got some upsides. I, I like him in like an 18-team scenario, maybe even like a 16-team type situation. Canard is not someone that I'm writing off because of how poor he was last season. There is a role that could be appearing there for him. So I just sort of want to see how that plays out. But he's someone to at least not ignore in um, in deeper leagues. You absolutely don't want to ignore him there. Let's look at the rest of the players uh, on this team. Marcus Morris Sr. Now, Morris is a guy, much like Reggie Jackson, we've seen him in high usage roles in big minutes in the past with the Knicks and with the Pistons. And he was all right. With the Knicks, he shot like 44% from three, and that really bumped his value up. But with the Pistons, he was like 120th, I think, and played big minutes and got good usage. Now, he's going to get more minutes. He's going to get more usage. Last year, he was 153rd in 26 minutes. I think he's totally fine to take towards the last end uh, or the, the last rounds. And his ADP and ranks are sort of reflecting that. 143 on Yahoo, 126 on ESPN. It's totally fine for Marcus Morris. I think if you buy into him as being a top 100 guy, that's probably where you're going to get into trouble because he's a low assist, low rebound, low steals, low blocks guy who can suffer with inefficiency problems when he's pushed with high usage. All that stuff can be an issue. But the minutes will be there. The usage will be fine. We worry a bit about his knee, which plagued him last season, obviously. We worry somewhat about that. But otherwise, we're okay with Marcus Morris as that later round guy. I think at this point, the default position on Justice Winslow should be that he isn't good. And if he proves us wrong, then all power to him. 
He probably will be in the rotation. But in order for Justice Winslow to have fantasy success, he needs the ball in his hands quite a bit. He needs to be functioning as a point guard. And with Bledsoe and Jackson and then Canard and Mann and George, he's not going to have that opportunity. He's not for as good of a defender as he allegedly is. He's not a good defensive stats guy. Um, he's a horrendous percentage player. He's someone you should absolutely be ignoring in fantasy. Now, they've got him at 237 on Yahoo and 274, which I think is all right. Um, but, yeah, if Keon Johnson steps up, he could replace Justice Winslow. Now, as for Keon Johnson, he was pretty poor in summer league, and I don't expect him to have much of a rotation role. And the same goes for two-way player Jay Scrub, who we know will take shots if he's given that opportunity, but I just don't see a regular every-night rotation role for him. Yogi Ferrell is on this roster. Um there was a chance that maybe he'd get waived with the trades that they did moving out Rondo and Beverly. There is a spot there, but he's not going to be an every night player. While my mate, Jason Preston. Preston? I like that guy. Preston! I want to see what he can do, but again, he's really just going to play for Agua Caliente for most of this season. Same with BJ Boston, who I think Boston's got as a 51st pick in the draft. He's got some upside as a corner three-point specialist, three and D type guy. I want to be really tracking what he does in the G League this season, Boston. Um, I'm not, you know, have super high hopes for him as we move forward, but he is someone, I guess, that we can pay attention to. Um, guys, if you're looking for parts for your car, the place that you need to go, you know what it is, it's Rock Auto. Why would you go to a local chain auto parts store? Go line up, talk to the bloke behind the counter, and then have intimidating questioning directed your way. That sounds ridiculous. Go to rockauto.com. They are an online family-owned business that's been serving do-it-yourselfers for 20 years. Do you need brake parts? Do you need tail lamps, motor oil, new carpet? Rock Auto has you covered with all of those extra parts and pieces for cars and makes and models. It's way easier to do it at Rock Auto and you save yourself money. So go to rockauto.com. Check out their vast catalog of parts for your car or truck. And in there, how did you hear about us box? Right, locked on so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. And if, do you know what the best tasting protein bar ever is? Surely by now you know. It is Built Bar. Literally had a Built Bar this morning. The last of my Built Bars, unfortunately. I need to get a new box sent out here. Coconut Built Bar was the, the flavor I had today because my cookies and cream are all gone. But whatever your favorite flavor is, raspberry, orange, mint, brownie, these coconut brownie chunks that people keep telling me are so good, but I haven't actually had been able to taste those ones. So if whatever your favorite flavor is, Built Bar is the one for you. And it's not only delicious, because they are also healthy. 17 to 18 grams of protein, 130 to 180 calories, 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. So these are delicious. They taste like candy bars, but they're also good for you. And you can get them at a discount. 15% off by using our promo code LOCKED15 at built.com. So head to built.com, load your card up with boxes, type the promo code in LOCKED15 and save 15% off. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. And that will do it for the Clippers in their fantasy preview. They're not the most exciting fantasy team, but if we look through, yeah, Paul George, we're looking at as a you know, second round, first round sort of guy, and then they might not have any other top 100 players. Reggie Jackson, Marcus Morris have a chance at doing that. Batum could do that on the back of assists and steals and blocks. And if you're looking at these guys, the yeah, 9, 10, 11 round, that's all fine. They're not, yeah, Batum's not as valuable in a points league, whereas Morris and Jackson are more valuable in a points league. Paul George is probably slightly less valuable in a points league there. 
And then you've got your flyer types, your Abarkas and Zubatses at the end of a draft. A Terence Mann or a deeper league Luke Kennard sort of player. And you're just avoiding Winslow and Keon and, and Scrub and Ferrell, Preston and Boston. But you know, the Preston-Boston combination for Agua Caliente is going to be something to watch. Because I do think both of those guys have got a decent amount of upside. Guys, that'll do it for me today. Tomorrow, I'll be talking Lakers with Brian Kamenetsky of the Locked On Lakers podcast. And then doing a fantasy preview show there as well. So check that out. And the best way to do that is to follow this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app while on YouTube. Give me a thumbs up. Leave a comment down below. Ring my notification bell. Just give it a little, just a gentle little tickle and you'll never miss a show. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.